Welcome back, everybody, to the Just So You Know podcast. This is episode four. Kent, I always introduce us. Why don't you tell everybody, who are we? <laughs> you put me on the spot. So uh, so my name is Kent Weir, and I, I represent the K in Just So You Know, and uh, I'll let you introduce yourself. And I'm John Levesque, and I represent the J. And the S-Y in the middle is So You, and then we did a little play, Just So You Know. Uh, just like that. <laughs> so... If you've been with us in the past few weeks, we have a format that we follow. We start with a news story, we have a main discussion, and then we close out with a complaint department, typically. Today's going to be a little bit different. We're going to change it up to the compliment department. So let's go ahead and kick it off. Kent, why don't you open a, us up with the news item, what it's about, and a little bit of detail to get us started. Sure. So I recently wrote on InfoQ.com that Microsoft has introduced a new API management tier for serverless architectures. Okay. So it's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, what does that even mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, so, like in English for the for a normal person listening. So the what's what's interesting about serverless it's that this idea that you pay for what you what you use essentially, consumption-based billing or micro-billing. Okay. So this idea that you don't have to buy or pay like large upfront costs in order to use a specific service or tool. Gotcha. So, so like services like Azure Functions or even Logic Apps to a certain degree flow would fall in line with this serverless because okay. you're not making these large investments. Like historically, if you wanted like middleware, like MuleSoft, you yeah. go, you write a big check and then basically you get to use something for like a year or in perpetuity. This is gotcha. more pay for what you use. So it's kind of like your power bill, right? Yeah, or like when we built flows that did, uh, that used like the cognitive services. Exactly. You pay okay. for what you use. It's not like, oh, you don't get, you don't have to pay your power bill up front for the whole year. You yeah. pay for what you use. Right. And okay. so it's the same idea. So it really gives like organizations more opportunity to grow into Azure API management. There were some awesome. concerns in the past where, hey, like 700 bucks is generally the starting point. Okay. Well, what if I just have a few APIs and we're making a few calls? So it's a best practice to use API management, but it might have been expensive until you're able to like ramp up your usage. With okay. this, basically pay as you grow. And yeah. that really represents the opportunity where you can take advantage of best practices with API management, but not have to pay as much upfront. Okay. Okay. Well, there's a lot of people excited about it because it's generally trail like trail blade <laughs> trailblazing a trail blazing okay. a trail uh, in this domain where because historically you're generally paying more upfront for it. So there's a lot of people excited about it. Nice. And so uh, now now give me like a couple examples. So like if I were a small to medium sized business and now like oh great this is accessible to me. Um, what are like one or two ways that, that some companies might use this technology? So generally, like I've used this in the past uh, at previous companies when we're doing integration with other uh, external parties, right? So you might have a trading partner and you want to expose, say, an API to them, but you don't want to have that hardwired into your data center or even hardwired into your cloud. So you put API management up front in front of everything. They don't even know what is behind it. Okay. They, the API management takes care of all of the security so you can authenticate and authorize who they are. It Got also it. provides a caching capabilities. So if you have like data, like let's say on-premise in SAP, that's a fairly expensive call to go get that data all the time. 
But if the data doesn't change that option, often you could just cache it. So that data stays in the cache in API management and basically the response time is, is, is far less. Uh, okay. So you get a better user experience. So it's, it's really important when you deal with like external um, integration, but also with, I would say, mobile applications as well. Just making sure that that what those those outside sources are accessing are are only the things that you want to be presenting, basically. Exactly. Okay. And the other nice thing is that they generally provide some analytics on top of this, so you can see exactly who's calling, how frequently. If someone's calling your service too much, you can impose limits and essentially throttle people that says, hey, you ah. can only call my service like say 50 times in a minute. And okay. if you try to call it on the 51st, it says, well, wait a minute, you've called us too many times. Retry in 10 seconds when we'll open this back up. So gotcha. you can really protect your backend systems uh, from a, abuse as well. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. It is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That, uh, that opens up some options for a lot of smaller software creators, you know, and and a lot of smaller companies, I think, because you know, I, you think about it, seven hundred bucks a month if you're if you're using it, and you know, you're using like a hundred dollars of usage, and you just have to bank this seven hundred bucks a month. That doesn't feel good. Right. So that's yeah. always sort of the the struggle, especially when you're starting out, is that value prop is challenged because you haven't really been able to realize all of the benefits yet. And gotcha. so as you grow and use it more, yes, you get closer to achieving that value. With this is you're going to achieve that value like right off the bat. Right on. Very cool. Yeah. Nice. I, I was, yeah, it was cool. I'll post the link to that uh, in the description so people can sure. read it. Cool. We should start doing that. I haven't been good about that. I saw last week you jumped in and posted the links. I was like, oh, that's a great idea. We should <laughs> post the links to the thing we're talking about. That makes sense. So uh, okay, let's uh, let's transition here and uh, and let's talk about our main topic. So so I just saw recently that Facebook has <laughs> now released. I know you laugh as soon as I say Facebook. That's funny. Facebook has now released a device with a screen and a camera and a speaker similar to an Alexa. Uh, I, I, have you heard about this thing? I've seen some of the ads pop up just on okay. the web, yeah. and I wasn't sure if it was a joke or not. It's not a joke, Kent. <laughs> and so I think it's called the the portal, the, the Facebook portal. portal. I Facebook. think I want to I want to look it up again just to be sure. Uh, uh, I'm going to double check it here. Yeah, yeah, portal from Facebook. You should look it up too. So check this out. Um, it, it's the most hilarious thing ever. Smart hands-free calling is here, and and it's funny because a lot of these ads say like designed with your privacy in mind, and they make a big <laughs> deal about talking about privacy. That's like, a good one. Like it's it. hilarious, right? Facebook claiming design private by design. It says Ken. Uh, I'm sure. But, the portal was created with privacy, safety, and security in mind, and it has clear and simple settings, so you stay in control. <laughs> I of, love it. Of what? Of stay nothing. Of, of the what? sliders. Of the sliders that do nothing. Oh, this is kind of cool. I'm just on the website, and it has uh, it comes with a, uh, a camera cover. You know how some people have those little sliders that cover their cameras? Oh. You know, so, they, so they include that in the box. So that's a uh, – yeah. By design, privacy by design, right there. Good job, guys. Good job. 
Hold on. Check this out. Uh, underneath their, their private by design section, they have a little blurb. And it says, Facebook doesn't listen to, view, or keep the contents of your portal video calls. They stay between you and the people you're calling. They said the same thing about Facebook Messenger. And, and when you use Facebook Messenger on your iPhone, you should actually go read what you agree to. It's very different than what their marketing says you agree to. And yeah. so I would assume that this is very similar. Well, wasn't it like Samsung that got busted for a similar thing with their TVs a little while ago, like maybe a year or two ago? We're like, oh, yeah, we're not recording anything because yeah. it was like around like voice where you can make issue voice commands. And yeah. meanwhile, it was being leaked to partners. Dude, and they were they were recording full conversations that people were having in their homes. Yes, exactly. Like, what? How? I just bought the TV. How the hell can you sell my data? Like, my conversations. And that's what concerns me about Facebook, right? Well, absolutely, right. I mean, it's it's an it's an outrageous thing to think. Like, did you see the emails that just came out from Mark Zuckerberg basically saying, like, there's no interest in connecting the world together unless we profit from it. Like, their whole mission statement, like, he just undoes all of it. And so it's – I don't understand this. It's what? They're trying to take on Skype? Like, what are you What are you hoping – you're trying to take on FaceTime? Like, dude, you're Facebook. Like, nobody wants your device in their home. You've lost all trust you you're hated you're a piece of shit we only use you because you're integrated into everything <laughs> well and i see this is where i struggle with this like so i have facebook actually i don't have messenger installed on my phone because i just don't like it as a messaging medium like there's other ways to get a hold of me and that's just not one of them okay but i have very little expectation of privacy when i have facebook so i'm yeah. pretty selective in terms of what i put on there because my expectations are zero but with this device, how do I know what's actually going on? Because obviously you can't trust their T's and C's. That's been proven time and time again. Yeah. So like, no, not interested. No, thank you. Because like, I, I don't know what you're doing behind the scenes with this device. Like, I'll tell you what, Facebook, I'll use one. Here's my terms and conditions. I'll put it in my home and I'll interact with it. And you'll pay me $999 per month. <laughs> for all of my data that you collect for me. That's a pretty good deal, I feel like. Like all my all my private data, my fucking camera, like everything you're going to steal from me. Like you're going to make way more than that. And so that's my, that's my deal. You want me to use this piece of shit, you're going to pay me. <laughs> so here's a question. Do you have Alexa or Google Home or anything like that? None of them. I, no. I do have like Siri turned on in my phone. But recently I've actually really been thinking about turning her off because – she just listens at the wrong times. And then every time I ask her for something I need in the moment where I think, oh, I'll just use this intelligent assistant, she never provides anything of value. I see. You know, and so it's like I don't have one in my home. I've, I always have known that that's a stupid-ass idea. Like my, my buddy Timo used to talk about this a lot. Like he, he – uh, and, and actually I have another friend as well um, – um, and, and he did a session about how these these robot assistants in your home are bad. He was like talking about smashing them all. It was hilarious. So check this out. My buddy, um, he, he does this session. Gosh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. It's killing me. Kyle, my friend Kyle. 
did a session about how you should smash your Alexa. And then he didn't know, but directly following him up in talks was like the rise of the intelligent assistant lady who was like pimping Alexa. (laughs) Some irony there. It was hilarious because he had no idea. And he's talking bad about it, bad about it, bad about it. Um, But yeah, no, I won't put one in my home. I I totally agree with what he says. Like they're collecting information. I don't care what they say. And and then also check this out, Ken. I think this ties in nicely to this story. I was reading something yesterday about how the New York Post went and bought a shitload of anonymized data, like thirty-seven and a half terabytes or something outrageous of user data. Okay, and their goal was to see if they could unanonymize the data. So so a lot of these apps that you use consistently are tracking your location and and interactions and all sorts of things you're doing. And then they sell off that data anonymized, right? But the crazy part about it was they took all this data and they started running it through patterns and things and they were actually able to unanonymize and actually pinpoint users and then follow users through their daily lives looking at all the places they went the coffee shops they visited the schools they went to how long they were at home for where their home was like and they could actually follow you for days on end of your entire life that's messed up buying all the the mashed up data from all your apps yeah no it is crazy like there is that saying that um if something's free you're not the customer you're the product and yeah, there's definitely some some truth to that, no no doubt. So we do have the Google Home. Okay. Uh, okay. So it's something I bought because it wasn't even in Canada yet, and it had just come out in the U.S. So this is a couple of years ago. Okay. It happened to be in Seattle for like an EBC and at Microsoft executive. What, briefing. What's an EBC for people? Uh, like uh, executive briefing at, at Microsoft, where you learn about the latest technologies. And uh, so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go pick up. This Google Home, it's brand new. I just want to check it out. The rise of the digital assistant, I bought into the hype. And so I bought one for myself and I bought one for a buddy and brought it home. And part of the reason why I picked Google was because at the time, and I'm not sure if this is true or not, but Amazon didn't work in Canada. So it would sort of see your, because the whole point is these things should be contextually aware and know like, hey, if you ask what is the weather, it should know what is the weather in your city. And so Google was more open to Canada at the time amazon wasn't not sure if that's changed and so i picked one up and it was kind of a novelty and i'd say the kids use it more than i do and the kids usually use it for silly stuff like jokes tell me a joke um or it'll also be like play taylor swift so they love being able to go and say hey google play taylor swift and taylor swift starts playing so they love they love that side of it i use it sometimes for the weather you know, it always, you know, dealing in Canada and snow, it, you need to plan ahead if it's going to snow because your commute yep. just goes down the toilet. So, like, it's, I use it for that, but I'm sure they're getting way more out of this than I am uh, because of the data that's being generated by it. Yeah. But, uh, so but it was, if you were to rate it like on usefulness, one to 10, how useful is it to your life? Oh, probably two. Two, right. Like, so. And, like, and I know you can do more with it. You can hook it up to your Christmas lights, your Christmas tree. Uh, can you do that? Well, through like Wemo, um, through okay. these integration, like they do have integrations 
where you can do that. And I know the home automation is a big thing, especially with Nest. Like it integrates with that. Okay. Apparently it integrates with YouTube TV. I haven't tried that out yet to say, hey, Google, turn on whatever, CNBC or turn on ESPN. And apparently it's supposed to do that if you've okay. wired it all up. So there's some utility there, but okay. whenever you have a mobile phone where you can do all of this stuff anyways, I don't know. It's just not there. Yeah. But uh, but I will say there's a, a few good use use cases for these digital assistants. Okay. So so one is in my kids. So I've got younger kids, similar to you, yes. still learning to read, learning to spell, that sort of thing. Okay. And so my older daughter has used the microphone on the iPad, so essentially Siri, to do things like searching, like searching for YouTube videos if they're not yep. sure how to spell something. My and son is four and he does that now in, in the YouTube Kids app. He hit, I told him how to hit the button, uses the microphone, he says what he wants, it pulls up all his videos. It's funny because he'll yell at it. Like suddenly all of a sudden <laughs> I'll just hear, garbage trucks! <laughs> <laughs> and, and so they've also used it to uh, for their Christmas wish list. They want to be able to spell words correctly. So they'll go on to Siri and they'll be basically like, go to, I think it's like a search engine. They'll go to like Google and they'll basically say like, I don't know, like Princess Barbie or something like that. And it'll basically, you know, spell that out for them and then they'll write it down. So there is some utility from that perspective. Okay. So, so far your two use cases are for like six and nine year olds. <laughs> just, just saying, just saying. So, so this is another interesting. So I know you're a big fan of Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. You know, well, we got to talk about that. I, I was, that's, that's faded a bit. If I'm oh, it has. It. Okay. It has. it has. We'll have to talk about that in another episode. But, sure. But so, yeah. Okay. So anyways, I'm listening today on, on my commute. I've been, plugging into his podcast. Okay. And so he, he talks, he's very bullish on Alexa and digital assistants. Okay. And so in fact, for him as being like an angel investor, he actually is focusing on this space. Mm. And the reason why he's focusing on this space is because he trades attention. He day trades attention. That's kind of his, his key mantra. And at this point, there are so everywhere you turn, someone's trying to get your attention. Yeah. So now there's like these small slices of your day where basically people don't have your attention. So for example, brushing your teeth, you're spending a few minutes brushing your teeth. Yeah. That would be an opportunity to say, Hey, Alexa, tell me what's going on with John and Kent's podcast. And mm -hmm. we'd have say a, like a two minute snippet of a podcast. And while people are brushing their teeth, they could go ahead and hear that. Or it could be like joke of the day. Or, you know, things like that where it's kind Gosh. of like... Are we going to get to that point, you think? Well, where, maybe. like, are we going to get to that point, like, where we can't even be without sound, like, with something while we're brushing our teeth? I, I hope not, but I know for some people, they just want to enjoy the, the, like, having no noise or no other distractions. But I think everyone wants to be distracted right now, right? That's it's true. That's the yeah. place we live in. It's like, hey, you're cooking, right? You've got this digital assistant sitting in your kitchen, which... That's where mine is. And to be yeah. like, hey, you know, tell me about, you know, like some specific content that I'm interested in, not like multi mega corporation media content, but hey, my favorite podcast or, you yeah. know, like don't the uh, some of the power apps community, they have a, an Alexa skill where you could like go ahead and ask for huh. some content related to that. Like, yeah, so cool. I think there's some utility. Who knows you know, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. So I'm torn, right? Because like 
on one hand, I hate this shit, right? Like, I hate that this thing is listening to all of us and collecting our data and giving it to Amazon and Google and Apple. Like, that's not awesome, right? <laughs> but now, on the other hand, have you ever seen the movie Her? I don't think so. Okay, so Joaquin Phoenix is in this movie, and it's about an operating system. Okay, his computer is his phone. Like, he never uses, like, a full computer. He's really just, like, on the phone, and the phone kind of does a lot of things. But he has this earpiece that goes with it that he's always wearing, like an AirPod. And, uh, and, and his operating system is, like, alive. Like, it's like an artificial intelligence. And it's, uh, it's voiced by that really beautiful blonde um, – and she has a smoky voice. Oh man, I'm gonna, I'm losing it now. Dang it, I can't think of the names when I need them. Um, anyways, in that movie, it's amazing because he's like interacting with a, an assistant, right? He's op- like, check my emails. Oh, you know, I, I noticed that you don't ever check these. I just went ahead and threw those away. You have three important emails left. Want me to read them to you? Sure. Or like text, or when you're texting someone, then you can just be like, oh hey, make me this appointment, or. And, and she did all these things and, and the conversations even that they had in between were very intelligent. And so I would love to get to that place where the operating system isn't something I like touch. It's just something I tell. And I think that would be amazing. And so I think we have to have this bullshit to get there. Totally. I just think my problem is more with who is in control totally. rather than what it is. You know, if if I trusted the company, which is, I think in this day and age is difficult, right? Like it's difficult to have corporate trust because they're all fuckers. Like they're, they're all out for themselves and mass profit and shareholder growth and like fuck everything else. And so it's hard to get behind something like that. But, you know, but it's really, I am really torn because I do want the her, you should go watch the movie her, by the way, any of you guys who haven't seen it. Go check that shit out, and let's. Let, I'd love your feedback about it. It's a really interesting movie. But yeah, no, I think you're spot on about the trust. But I think this is where it's going. Like if you look at, like even the cognitive services stuff, right? Where they're pretty cool. Some of them are a little bit sort of still in the toy phase. But yeah. like three years ago, we weren't doing this, right. and now we've got this far. In and three years from now, it'll be crazy. Exactly. So I yeah. do believe this stuff is going to be legit. I don't think we're going to be able to avoid it. But one thing I will say, having been involved with GDPR and you know, back to that whole conversation, yeah. is the, like from a Microsoft perspective, just being involved in GDPR and understanding the back end of how Microsoft is, and I know that's your, your current employer, but there is some good out there because there is. There they're, is. Not, they're not doing shady stuff with your data. And no, I can and see I think... that from a GDPR perspective. And that's why as you even hear more about like, you know, an American sort of version of GDPR, I think it's necessary because things are going too far in the other direction. Yes. So, and you know, and in fact, that was a conversation on CNBC today, this morning, while I was on the elliptical, they were talking about this where they had the former uh, CFO from Square, who's now built her own online social um, community or uh, yeah, I guess community. And she's talking about the nastiness of Facebook where, they're just trying to run a business. Yeah. But if you're actually trying to operate and think about your customer first, yeah. then I think there is some opportunity here. 
No, and honestly, if it was Microsoft that had this, I would put this in my home because I actually do trust Microsoft. I feel like not only – I'm not just saying that because they're my employer, but I actually looking at the evidence of what they do and how they act when things happen and, and how they respond and all that stuff, like I think that they are actually one of the companies that I do trust, that I'm not upset with having my data. And I would say that if I didn't work for them or not. Yeah, and I can say that, and I, I no longer, they no longer sign my check. So yeah. no, it is, yeah. it, it is, it is true. And I think that's, the, it's not a coincidence that all of these retailers are moving away from Amazon. Yeah. Right. Walmart's moving away. Gap's moving away. It's not a secret why right. these, because even though they say, yeah, we respect your privacy. Apparently, some people just don't want to take that leap, right. and they would prefer to go elsewhere. Absolutely. It's, I think once you've broken trust, it's really hard to get it back. Well, that's why Facebook's so screwed, right? That's it. That's it. I mean, now because they're like two, three, four incidents deep at this point, like you're written off. Like you're never coming back. They're, I'll never trust you. Well, and especially it didn't help when Zuckerberg did testify in Congress and basically said, and I think it was even after the quarterly earnings as well. They're like, we don't know how much it's going to cost us to fix this. Yeah. So it just goes to show that they've got like very little handle on on actually security and privacy because you would think you would know how much you're spending if this yeah. was a priority and right. if you're not sure like or you know much how much the plan was to fix it to get yeah you clearly don't have an end goal of where you want to be if yeah. you don't have that gap so perhaps companies can change uh, perhaps they'll start to go there but I just kind of feel it's just waiting for the next exploit to occur totally totally oh all right kent well you know what let's move on to our final segment i feel like that's a good transition and uh, you actually mentioned youtube tv a couple times as we were talking about the intelligent assistance and things and so that's our compliment department this week instead of complaint department we didn't have anyone to bitch about this week and so <laughs> we figured let's talk about something we like and, uh, and both of us have YouTube TV, and, and uh, we both enjoy it. And so today, we're going to talk about that. So Kent, you just got it recently, and uh, give, me, give me your impressions, man. What do, you, what do you feel about it? What do you like? What do you dislike? So I got it, I guess, 14 months ago. So when it I, 14 months ago. Oh, you got yeah. it longer than me. Yeah. So when, oh, I, okay. so when I originally uh, started at Microsoft and was living down in Kirkland, Oh. I didn't, I can't stand Comcast. I think they're the devil. They <laughs> Having used them when I lived in New Jersey many, many years ago. And so it was one of those things like in Canada, we get starved of good content. Mm. We get sub American channels. We yeah. don't get ESPN because of like CRTC, like Canadian regulations, oh. garbage. Blame. And so it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, no, I want to like cut the cord. I want some agility. You know, if I'm like in Seattle or if I'm in Calgary, I want to be able to watch, you know, these shows and, and kind of like why be like locked into a cable, like into like an outlet in your, your home. Okay. Why not have more sort of portability? Okay. And so I think it's great. I think it's like, it's pretty reasonable for what you get. Like it's about yeah. 38, 40 bucks a month. I think 39.99. Yeah. 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 And I, then you get to think around 40 channels. Depending yep. upon your market, yep. uh, they've added channels. So I'm a big oh. sports guy. So like they didn't have the MLB network when I first started. They added that. Same with okay. the NBA network. I don't watch that as much. 
Okay. But it's like that's another one that they just added on. Yeah. And then what's what's also really cool is because they have so many markets, you actually can watch TV when you're in those markets. Now that can happen physically or virtually if you know how to sort of uh, use a few tricks to to do that. So Where, what's that mean exactly? What did you well, talking about? So, for example, if you go to, a, say, Chrome, and yeah. you have a web browser. And I you have go that. TV.youtube.com. Okay. It's going to pick up that you're in the Seattle area, and it's yes. going to show you Seattle content. Yes. Like, so I always get stuck watching the Seahawks game all the time, which I don't care about. Yeah. So if you, yeah. say, went into Chrome and hit Control-Shift-I. If I that's... went to Chrome and hit Control-Shift-I. <laughs> So okay. you're going to see the developer tools show up. Here I am. Yep, I see this. And so there is – now, it, it it might be difficult to find, but there's all of these different tabs, like elements, console, sources, network, performance, etc. There's one these. called sensors, and it says a tab or an option that says geolocation. Sensors, okay. It might be like behind a, another drop-down, like another ellipsis. So it, it kind of is, isn't super obvious. Okay. All right. And then? Then what you can do is it says uh, custom location or there's a list of default. So there's only one other American default and that's San Francisco. But there's this custom location. So what you can do is you go into this search engine called Google and you type in Green Bay, Lat Long, and you get those values. And then you plug those values into custom location and boom. Now YouTube TV thinks you're in Green Bay. So you no longer need to have like NFL ticket or those expensive packages. And you can follow the Green Bay Packers wherever you are. See, and so I don't feel guilty like doing this because I'm paying money. This is not like I'm like, I'm like, like skirting the system and not getting my money. If I was physically in Green Bay, there'd be no problem with me watching the game. Yeah. Why does it matter virtually? I'm sure. Yeah, because because fucking Directv has a monopoly that says that the NFL can't sell that game to anyone else in any other market. Fuck you, Directv. (laughs) Yes, Kent. Oh, that's amazing. Oh my god, I am so excited about this. I had a bunch of wow. Okay, I had a bunch of cool things to say about YouTube TV, but now this is absolutely the coolest one. I am so excited to watch the Packers every week, even though they suck this year. And they um, fired their coach. They fired their coach. They got a new one. He, they won their game, their first game with him. That's good news. But, I mean, Atlanta's a mess this year. Okay. True. My, true. my, my top things about YouTube TV, I think uh, a couple things that you didn't mention. One, you can have five people watching concurrently. So you can add family members and like yeah. you could watch and, and, and your wife could watch and your kids could watch on their iPads all at the same time. I think yeah. that's pretty neat. Totally. Uh, now, when the service started, like when I first started like six months ago or something, uh, you got one terabyte of cloud DVR storage so that you could record shows and keep them. Yeah. They've actually upgraded that now that everyone gets unlimited DVR cloud storage so you can record everything you want and keep it there um and so that's pretty neat but man i can't believe this that's amazing (laughs) i'm gonna test it out this weekend i can't wait so yeah so i use the cloud storage as well and that was that was cool yeah and so i record um 
like so this is the other thing when I was in the states ESPN2 covers a lot of the Canadian Football League games so uh-huh. I was able to like record a lot of those CFL games nice. and be able to watch that even though the games were up in Canada That's so awesome. I do like that I guess I have two criticisms and they're not major I would say the user interface isn't great for browsing schedules like yes. when you're on the main screen like you can and I have it on Roku as well like the Roku TV with the app and okay. you can kind of see like okay like the next hour hour and a half yeah but there's no good way to really like scroll over further I've so noticed that that's a criticism I have yep. and another criticism I have is a lack of a Pac-12 network so mm-hmm. if you're on like say Comcast in Seattle you can enroll in the Pac-12 network which is the Pacific network for college sports okay so all of like the ASU and University of Washington Washington State California Stanford, all of those like base basketball and football games. Gotcha. A lot of them show up there. Does DirecTV have a monopoly on that too? No, I don't think so because they like it's available on another one of these services. Maybe it's like Sling or there's another one that maybe they bought the exclusive rights. The Hulu one. Yeah, but you can't get it. But I can get the SEC on here. Ah. So I'll be logged into Seattle. And it's like you're showing me sports from the East Coast. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to see, like, Mississippi State and Alabama, although Alabama's a good team. but Alabama's Auburn, a good team, but they always Auburn, win. It's boring. Right. It's got to be more, like, regional. Like, why am I yeah, all yeah. the way, like, three hours different time zone when there's all this stuff happening locally? So right. I'd love to see them unlock Pac-12, get a bit, a bit of a better interface, and I'd be, like, completely – Sold, but I think it's great. I think it's the future of TV. Totally. Uh, like YouTube, it's been pretty stable. They had one short outage about a month ago. Okay. But in the 14 months, it's been rock solid. Quality's good. The recording, the cloud DVR is great, and uh, it's nice. it's a cool service. Like oh. I got it on my phone. Can be on my. Uh, I could cast it using Chromecast. That when I signed up, they gave me a Chromecast. Well, that I didn't get cool. that, but but that is yeah. cool. Yeah. So yeah, iPads doesn't matter. It, it all works. It's it's just it's awesome. Right on. Right on. Well, YouTube TV, you have our compliment this week. And and if you want to sponsor the show, this wasn't a sponsor segment, but if you want to sponsor the show, we'll take it. We'll definitely take it. And if you want us to talk nice about your product, just let us know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's our time for this week. Check out uh, the links. Check out the description to find all the links for the things we talked about this week. Check out some previous episodes if you haven't seen them yet. Send us your suggestions for future topics. Much love from us. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.